0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. He turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? Or what can one give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in his Father's glory, and then he will repay all according to their conduct. The Gospel of the Lord. As Americans, you and I value our freedom and independence. We like to think that we are free to follow our own path and make our own choices. The assumption that my desires are all my own is what the French social theorist René Girard calls the romantic lie. Human beings are creatures who imitate. Without imitation there would be no human culture. We only learn to walk and act in society by copying the behavior modeled to us by others. Through imitation, our thoughts and desires are intertwined with the thoughts and desires of others. The classic example is the toddler playing in the nursery. A two-year-old discovers the single fire engine and begins to play with it. Suddenly, another child sees the two-year-old playing with the fire engine and wants to play with it as well. The second child mimics the desire of the first child and violence threatens to break out in the nursery. We are caught up in the same dynamic, although it's largely unconscious. Our acquisitive desires create rivalry, which lead to conflict. The tension is finally resolved when, rather than accepting responsibility, the group finds a victim to blame. This victim becomes the scapegoat who is driven out or killed, and peace is restored. This dynamic operates in the background, so it seems that something miraculous happens. Somehow the gods have restored peace. This sacred violence has been a pattern in all of human history. Many myths from all over the world hint at violent origins, while at the same time, covering up that violence. René Girard sees in the Hebrew Bible a radical contrast with mythology. Far from veiling the truth, the Hebrew Bible begins to reveal the truth of sacred violence. There's much tension in the Hebrew Bible between God's revelation and the old projections of human violence on God. It takes time for God to wean humanity from the old means of keeping society from falling apart. Last Sunday, Jesus took his disciples to Caesarea Philippi, a city named after the Roman Emperor. Here, At the center of worship of the pagan god, Pan, Jesus asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Peter correctly named Jesus as the Christ, the Anointed One, the Son of the Living God. The term Son of Man had two contrary images in the Jewish world of Jesus' time. One image was that of a powerful warrior appearing from heaven to avenge all of the enemies of God with violent wrath. The other image was derived from the songs of the suffering servant in Isaiah, which stressed the suffering of the Son of Man at the hands of the people. It was the latter model that Jesus chose to follow. But Peter heard the former model, You are the liberator promised by God long ago, the one for whom we have long waited. You are King Jesus, who will liberate us from King Caesar. Peter is thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. St. Paul offers a perfect antidote Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. By the renewal of your mind, that you may discern what is the will of God. In today's gospel, when Jesus begins to teach his disciples that he must suffer at the hands of the people, Peter is scandalized. His ideal is the same as ours worldly success, and he tries to instill it into his master. He turns his own desire into a model that Jesus should imitate. This is how Satan operates, of course, hence the famous words, Get behind me, Satan. You are a scandal to me. If the scandalized disciple had succeeded in transmitting his own imitative desire to his master, he would have become the stumbling block that tripped up Jesus and drove him straight out of his divine mission. It is, of course, the passion narratives that definitively reveal the truth of sacred violence. The crowd in Jerusalem demonstrates that when the contagion of imitative desire takes over, all awareness of the truth is lost. The same crowd that throws palm branches on the road in Jesus' honor cries out for Jesus' crucifixion. So great is the contagion that Jesus' closest disciples flee when their leader is arrested. And Peter denies that he knows Jesus rather than separate himself from the crowd in the courtyard of the high priest. From the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. The scapegoat mechanism largely operates in the unconscious. People do not know what they are doing. Scapegoaters do not know they are scapegoating. They think they are doing a holy duty for God. The Gospel texts clearly show that the death of Jesus was committed entirely by a collective effort of human beings who blamed the just one for all the social tension in Jerusalem. Jesus was killed in a collision of cross purposes, caught between the demands of an empire and the religious establishment of his day. The cross was the price Jesus paid for living in a mixed world which is both human and divine, simultaneously broken and utterly whole. Following Jesus is a vocation to share the fate of God for the life of the world. Jesus invited people to follow him in bearing the mystery of human death and resurrection. Father Richard Rohr says that those who agree to carry and love what God loves, which is both the good and the bad of human history, and to pay the price for its reconciliation within themselves, these are the followers of Jesus the leaven, the salt, the remnant, the mustard seed that God can use to transform the world. We are called to become living sacrifices, willing to be conformed to the pattern of Jesus' death and transformed into the power of his resurrection.